Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. NBC and Tums present Fibber McGee and Molly Transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. No reflection on your cooking, lady, but sooner or later, even in the best of families, someone gets heartburn, sour stomach, or greasy fullness. And take it from me, Don Wilson... That's the time you should have Tums, the famous don't-wait relief on hand. You don't wait because Tums need no water, glasses, or mixing. Instead, they're eaten like candy. You don't wait because Tums neutralize excess acid in record time. So that miserable burning sensation or uncomfortable feeling starts going away right away. And mother, listen, Tums are not water-soluble. Therefore, don't over-alkalize. Tums can't cause acid rebound. So don't wait for acid indigestion to strike in your house. Get Tums today and be prepared. So economical. Only 10 cents a roll for America's most distinguished name in the relief of acid indigestion, Tums for the Tummy. Some of the world's best music these days comes from informal surroundings. Now, while the music we are about to hear may not be the best, at least it would be hard to find more informal surroundings than Mr. McGee's shower. Oh, I love Paris every moment. Wow. Boy, there's nothing like a brisk morning shower to set a guy up for the day. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I love Paris. How's the shower, Tony? I don't know, Molly. I haven't stepped under it yet. Water's still pretty cold. Don't seem to heat up. Are you sure you turned on the right faucet? Hot water's the one Mark H on it, ain't it? Not anymore. Since you changed the water the other day, the H knob is cold water, and the one Mark C gives hot water and plays two courses of ricochet romance. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'll try the other one. I'll be downstairs if you need anything. I want to see if the mail came. What'd you say? I said I'll be downstairs. I want to see if we have any mail. Oh, okay, kiddo. Ah, there goes a good little wife. I just hope DiMaggio did half as good as I did. Oh, I love Paris every moment. Ah, one bar of soap and four bars of music. That ought to do it. Now for a quick cold rinse. Yow! <laughs> Where's that big towel? Dog, oh, here it is. Sure gets cold standing around soaking wet. Nah, it never fails. Hey, Molly, the phone's ringing. Every time you try to take a shower, the dad would a phone. Hey, Molly! Hey, Molly, the phone! I'll gun it. She must be outside. I never saw it to fail. I'm coming. Let me get this towel wrapped around me, will you? Dad would a phone every time somebody takes a shower. Hello. Hello, I'm coming. I mean, uh, McGee speaking. Who? 
Frank Ingram? Who the heck is... Oh. Oh, you're the man that bought Hector Howell's house. Oh, yeah, our next-door neighbor. I and my wife have been meaning to come over and introduce ourselves, but... What say? Oh, yeah, come on over. Oh, in an hour or so. I just got out of the shower. Sure, any kind of advice you need, Mr. Ingram, I got it. Right. Goodbye. Hmm. Want some advice, eh? I wonder what the... That's you, Molly? Yes, I was outside getting the mail. Did the phone ring? Well, I didn't run downstairs here dressed in a towel to get my membership card in a nudist colony, kiddo. <laughs> what you laughing at? I can't help it. What's you mean? You look like a pair of pliers wearing a bandage. What? <laughs> you better get back upstairs before you catch cold. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I'll go along and lay out the clean things. Okay. Who was on the phone? Ingram, the guy next door. You know the one that bought Hector Howell's house a few weeks ago? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in the yard a few times, and he seems very pleasant. Yeah? <laughs> I wonder if he knows he's the first neighbor we've had in 20 years that you didn't personally supervise his moving in. Yeah. We were down uh, getting our license plates that day. Oh. Well, my clothes are in the bathroom. See if you can find me a clean shirt, will you? What did he want? Want to know why you haven't borrowed his lawnmower? No, as a matter of fact, my dear, he's coming over to ask my advice on something. Advice? Yep. I'm fairly well known around town, of course, as the man who's free with advice about anything. True. Too true. Hey, these slacks must be shrinking. They're getting pretty tight. Maybe I ought to change cleaners. Or eating habits. Huh? Here's your clean shirt. Oh. It was under that box of candy you had hidden in your drawer. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's like I say, Ingram probably wants my advice on financial matters. You know, what to do about inflation in the stock market, stuff like that there. Mm-hmm. He's probably heard that I'm a man of foresight and vision. Man who keeps in touch with the nation's economy. Man who is constantly broadening his horizons. It's not your horizon I'm worried about. It's your equator. If Mr. Ingram wants to talk about inflation, you're his boy. What'd you say, Molly? There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. The importance of education in good schools is an American tradition that goes back to the earliest days of our nation. The fact is, our whole way of life is based upon our public school system. And in a way, our pride in our schools is as important as our pride in our country. Today, a serious situation in our schools is arising, caused by an unprecedented increase in our population. In many communities, new and larger school buildings are needed. Classes are crowded. There just aren't enough teachers to do a good job. In other communities, school facilities are old-fashioned and inadequate. It's up to every citizen to find out just what the conditions are in the schools in his community. If improvements are needed, join with others and see that those improvements are made. If you need help in improving conditions, write to the National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, New York City. They'll be glad to tell you what citizens in other communities are doing. That's the National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, New York City. Of course, on the other hand, it may not be financial advice this fellow Ingram wants from me at all, Molly. That's very possible. It might be some great personal problem that he wants me to solve for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe his think stopped up. You know, I, I guess I don't quite realize the reputation I got around this town, kiddo. I try not to think about it myself. You've got to admit it's flattering that although I and this guy Ingram have never met, when he needs some good sound advice or something of vital importance, he comes to me. Well, we're his closest neighbors. And whatever it is he wants advice on, financial matters, romance... 
When's the best time to set out his early focuses? I'm the guy that'll give it to him. I'm sure you will. I always try to be a good neighbor to my neighbors. And any time I can help a neighbor by being neighborly, I figure it'll make that neighbor more neighborly to other neighbors. Ah, yes. So after a while, we'll have a whole neighborhood full of neighborly neighbors, and with each neighbor getting neighborlier and neighborlier, till this neighborhood gets to be the neighborliest neighborhood that every bunch of neighbors ever neighbored in. Come in, neighbor. Good morning. My name is Frank Ingram. Oh, sure. Come on in, Frank. We're Mr. and Mrs. McGee. Oh, I'm happy to... I'm Mr. McGee. This is my wife, Molly. Molly, this is Mr. Ingram, our next-door neighbor. How do you do, I'm sure. Uh, happy to know you, Mrs. McGee. We've been nodding to each other across the fence. <laughs> yes, it's nice to know Well, so pull up a chair, Frank, and give us all the details of your problem. Whatever it is you need advice on, you come to the right guy. Uh, thank you. I'm pretty much a stranger in town. Yes, sir. I was just saying to my wife, I says, I try to be a good neighbor, because the way I figure, if I'm neighborly with the neighbors, it'll make the neighbors neighborly with the neighbors. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Now, what was the problem, Frank? You... Uh, go ahead, Spill it. Well, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm a pickle manufacturer, Mr. McGee. Oh, a pickle maker, eh? Well, now, if you need advice on the pickle business, Frank, you come to the right guy. You know, I used to pack pickles in Peoria. In fact, I was the pet pickle packer of the pickle packing plant. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, go ahead, Frank. Well, I don't need any advice about pickles, Mr. McGee. I know pickles. Oh. <laughs> in the business for a year. No, what I need is the name of a good realtor. I thought you might... Realtor? Oh, you're not selling the pickle plant. Oh, no. You see, I've retired. Oh, good for you, but I don't quite understand. Well, I'll try to explain my situation. Uh, that, that might help. You see, I retired this year, and Martha and I traveled a while. And a few weeks ago, we settled down here in Wistful Vista and bought the house next door there. Mm-hmm. I turned my pickle business over to Pierpont and Frank Jr., you see. But since I've gone, Helen and Alice have sworn never to speak to Patricia... Mr. Simpson says he can't get the pickles out unless Elroy is transferred from the Dill Division to Wart Inspection. Now, what would you do if you were me? Well, frankly, Frank, I'd start all over on account of because you lost me in the Dill Division, and I don't... I'm afraid I didn't make myself very clear, did I? Oh, you made yourself clear, all right. We know who you are, but but who's that other mob? You know, Pierpont and Frank Jr. and Helen and Mary and all that. Alice. Uh, I'll start over. Don't leave out Elroy. He's the one I like. Well, like I say, I bought the house next door there. And you retired from the pickle business? Right. I left the business in the hands of my married sons, Pierpont and Frank Jr. They're married to Helen and Alice. Oh, I see. Now they're not talking to each other. And the husbands are sorting each other, too, and the business is in a pickle. That's what my foreman, Mr. Simpson, wrote me. Mm-hmm. So what we've got to do, Martha and I, we've got to give up our house for a while and go back to Chicago. That's where the plant is. And settle the matter. Martha's your wife? No. My wife's name was Frida. She died many years ago. Oh, that's too bad. Martha is your daughter, then? No. Martha's my cocker spaniel. Oh, her. Uh, like I say, I'll have to give up my house for about six months. I have to leave tomorrow noon, in fact. Oh, that soon? I thought you folks might put me in touch with somebody to handle the rental for me. Get the right kind of tenants. Look after it for me. Thought I'd ask $125 furnished. Sounds very reasonable. I'd be happy to give an agent 20 of that just to be sure my house is in good hands. Yeah, 20 a month, huh? Oh, a realtor wouldn't charge you that much, Mr. Ingram. Oh, them realtors, though, they'll rent your house to anybody, Frank. What you need is somebody you can depend on, rely on, somebody you can trust. Here it comes. Yes, I know. Neighbor, you come to the right man. I'm not going to let a neighbor of mine fall into the hands of a bunch of strange realtors that you can't get the pickle business straightened out for worrying about your house. Because I try to be a good neighbor. And for 20 bucks a month, I want to be neighborly. So you just leave the keys with us. And don't you worry, neighbor.
Polly in a moment. Comedy entertainment at its finest. That's what you'll hear tomorrow night on the NBC Radio Network. There's fast-paced comedy fun as Groucho Marx needles his contestants on radio's greatest quiz game, You Bet Your Life. There's a laugh a minute as Groucho trades barbed witticisms with his guests and asks them difficult questions before he shares the wealth of his jackpot. Listen and laugh with Groucho Marx on You Bet Your Life tomorrow night. And remember to tune for America's number one family comedy program, The Great Gildersleeve, starring Willard Waterman as the befuddled head of Summerfield's water department. When Gildy mixes comedy situations with homey, true-to-life happenings, you know you'll hear radio entertainment at its best. Wednesday night's the time. NBC is the network. Be sure to listen tomorrow. The same night, you can hear another true story from the front pages of America's newspapers on The Big Story. The Big Story is thrilling radio entertainment, and it's yours to listen to and enjoy every week. For the finest radio entertainment, always, always tuned to the NBC radio network. He's making an inventory of the furniture and stuff, Molly, and we're going over there tomorrow and look over the house and pick up the key. I hope we won't be sorry. I'm not so sure. All right, Tootsie, this will be the easiest 20 bucks a month I ever made in our life. And besides, this way, we'll get to pick our own neighbors. McGee. Huh? Oh, oh, is it that late already? Oh, well, good night. Good night, and Tums have brought you the Fibber McGee and Molly program transcribed. Mr. Ingram was played by Jack Moyle. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber McGee and Molly. with Senator Ford, and can you top this tonight on the NBC radio network? Mm-hmm.